Hello and welcome to this vidcast which is devoted to the listing of Coinbase. Now, when you discuss about Coinbase, it obviously refers to Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies and so on and so forth. Now, Bitcoin is obviously a very hot topic and all the stars in the business world are dealing with Bitcoins. If you remember what Tesla announced in February 2021, the company bought for $1.5 billion of digital assets, namely Bitcoin. And now Tesla is accepting Bitcoin as a payment if you want to buy a car produced by the company. Now, at the end of the first quarter 2021, the company disclosed impairment losses of $27 million on Bitcoin, but in the meantime also gains through sales of $128 million. The carrying value of these digital assets in the balance sheet of the company is about $1.3 billion, but the fair market value is $2.5 billion. So if you add up the $100 million plus gains through sales and the fact that the fair market exceeds the carrying value by an additional $1.1 billion, you consider that this move is generating a profit, an unrealized gain of about 1.2, which is twice as much as the operating profit generated by Tesla in Q1 2021. So it's quite significant. In the meantime, Nexon in the gaming business, Matron in the e-commerce business, MicroStrategy in software, they are all getting into this cryptocurrency world. Now, Bitcoin looks like a gold rush, but a gold rush with very interesting specificity, which is absolutely no limit. If you look at the evolution of the price, it was multiplied by three the last five months. It was multiplied by 10 the last five years. And if you get back to the initial transaction in October 2009, I mean, yesterday, it was a $5 transaction to buy 5,000 Bitcoins. Uh, it has increased a little bit since then. Now, if you look at the valuation dynamics of Coinbase, it looks like the same. At the very beginning of the company, which was created in 2012, well, the value of the stock was almost zero. Later on, it went gradually up from one convertible preferred stock issue to the other. It went up dramatically in 2019. Then there were some private transactions in 2019 and 2020, but at a value which was about $25. At the beginning of 2021, the direct listing of the company was at the stock price, which was 381 as an opening stock price. But today it's about 250 plus dollars, and we are going to discuss the evolution of this stock price. Now, if you look at the institutional communication of the company, Brian Armstrong, the CEO and founder of Coinbase, explained that the company was created in 2012 to build the crypto economy. Our mission is to create an open financial system for the world in terms of freedom and so on and so forth. This is why we are providing end-to-end -end financial infrastructure and technology to different kinds of customers. You have the retail users, I mean you and me, and then they offer a kind of classical, easy-to-use platform with plenty of trust so that you can make transactions in a crypto economy. Institutions are also interested in the process, hedge funds, money managers, corporations such as Tesla. 
and some ecosystem partners are companies which are developing services and which need a platform in order to run the business. So the company is combining blockchain technology and traditional finance, and it seems to work quite well. If you remember the gold rush of the middle of the 19th century, now the question is, who made money in the gold rush? Well, those guys, merchants, who were selling pants, shovels, and pickaxes. Now there's a kind of digital modern version of that, and probably Coinbase is the one which is going to sell these digital pants and shovels and so on. And if you remember, there are two very well-known names, Samuel Brennan and Levi Strauss. They built a fortune out of the gold rush, but not in gold mining, just providing tools and services. Now, how do you go public? There are predominantly three ways. The first one is a traditional IPO. You issue your first prospectus, S1, then you issue amendments and you progressively converge towards the listing itself offering a price for the transaction. There is another way, which is a reverse merger with a company which is already listed. And by the way, it's exactly how the SPACs are working. But not only the SPACs. If you remember how Dell, after its delisting, went back to capital market, it's a reverse merger with VMware. The third way to go public is direct listing. And this is what was selected by Coinbase. On the 14th of April 2021, the company was directly listed and the opening price is 381. Now today, when I am recording this vidcast, it's 256. Now the question is, why is it down? The first reason might be sales. Now if you observe the evolution of quarterly sales of the company, over the last two years, 2019, beginning of 2020, of course, there is a volatility, but it's about 100 to 200 million dollars each and every quarter. Then it's stabilizing at 200, middle of 2020, and then 300 Q3 and 600 Q4. And a few days before the listing, the company announced that the quarterly sales Q1 2021 were about 1.8 billion, three times as much as Q4 2020. Now, if there is a disappointment, it might be about the operating expenses. And it's not. Because as a consequence of growth, the company is nicely generating economies of scale and is very well managing the operating expenses. The cost of goods sold is down from 25% to 10%. Uh, sales and marketing is 5 to 10%. General and admin, research and development, down from 80 to 90 to about 20%. And by the way, if you look at Q4 2020, you understand that the cost base is reasonably lean. And as a consequence, the company is making a profit. The evolution of sales and profit and EBITDA throughout the last two years is absolutely positive and very dynamic. You have sales which are up and EBITDA, which I calculated with EBIT, and depreciation and amortization and stock-based compensation, which is absolutely and nicely following the sales and revenues. If you look at the last figure, Q4 2020, Sales are about 600 million, and my calculation of the EBITDA, which slightly differs from the adjusted EBITDA, which is produced by the company, is well between 350 to 400 million dollars. 
it's an EBITDA to sales figure, which is absolutely outstanding. So the profitability is there. And the profitability is confirmed in the April 6, eight days before the listing announcement. General figures about Q1 2021. The number of verified users is moving up from 43 million Q4 to 56 million. Good news, more verified users. The trading volume is four times as much as Q4. The total revenues is three times as much as Q4. Last but not least, the adjusted EBITDA is a little bit more than $1 billion, which is almost four times as much as Q4 2020. So only good news. Now, if you look at the different sources of revenue, you have first transaction. The company is collecting fees anytime there is a transaction. There are two sources of transaction, retail users and institutional. I already mentioned that. Now, if you want to profit from services provided by the company, you are going to pay a subscription fee and there are some other sources of revenue. Now, what's very interesting is to observe the evolution of the trading volume in billion dollars. If you look first at the institutional trading volume, it was about $10 billion. It went down, then it went up from 10 to 20, it stabilized, and then it started skyrocketing. And it is a level of $57 billion for the last quarter of 2020. A little bit more of volatility for retail trading volume, because at the very beginning of 2019, it was about 45 billion. Then it went down to 5 billion. It went up and then it went down. And today it's about 32 billion. So it's quite less predictable than the institutional, which is growing and probably steadily growing. But the question is, how much money do you make out of these two sources of trading? In one of its presentations, the company discloses the percentage of fees which is invoiced to the retail trade. It's 1.4% of the trading volume. Now, the question is, what is left to the institutional trading volume? The CFO in a video said that, well, it's less than 10 basis points. Let's make a very simple calculation. You take Q4 2020, trading revenues, $476 million dollars. Volume retail, $32 billion. You multiply $32 billion by 1.4% and you get $448 million. So what is left for institutional? Well, the difference between 476 and 448, which is $28 million. Then the trading volume for institutional clients was $57 billion. If you divide $28 million by $57 billion, you get 5 basis points, 0.05%. So you understand that the trading volume is very much institutional and growing and growing, but the profitability is definitely about the retail users. Subscription services and other revenues are absolutely not negligible because it's more than $100 million in Q4 2020 and it's growing, but definitely the bread and butter comes from retail trading. Now, is it recurrent? The company produces a very interesting and transparent, by the way, correlation between trading volume and the variability in the price of the cryptocurrencies. And then what do you conclude out of this correlation is 
that the institutional trading volume is steadily growing and it's going to be the dominant one in the future. Now, what about the retail trading volume? Very much correlated with the variability. As if the Bitcoin was not used as a currency, but as an asset on which you speculate. And then there are trades when there are movements in the prices. How do you transform that into recurrent revenues? You understand that at the end of the day in the P&L, there are two sources of trading revenues. Retail, very profitable, but absolutely volatile and absolutely not predictable. Institutional, steady growth, but so low margins that at the end of the day, the question is about the top line. The company says we have a fantastic market opportunity. Because we had 43 million of verified users at the end of 2020, up from 26 million in 2018. And all these people, they are using their smartphone. How many smartphone users on the planet? 3.5 billion. So you understand that there is no limit for growth. Of course, but then it should be growth and it should be recurrence then you have to provide the services which are going to transform a kind of speculation movement around the cryptocurrencies into a real finance world in which you are using a debit card, you are using transfers, you are using loans, mortgages or whatsoever as a financial services company. This is a challenge for the company because about the institutions, of course, it's going to grow. In its latest issue, dated May the 6th, The Economist titles Gov Coins, the digital currencies that will transform finance. Of course, if governments are starting creating their own Bitcoin, local Bitcoin, it's absolutely indefinite growth in the trading volume. And that good prospects for the crypto economy. But at the end of the day, do you make money out of that? Of course, Coinbase is very well positioned with growing competition here and there. But then the question is, how are you going to make money out of that? You have then to transform the fees you generate from the retail users' trading volumes. You have to transform that into recurrent revenues and recurrent margin levels. But so far, you have to trust your 1.4% on the retail users. Which is a little bit funny when you consider that the reason why the company exists, as they say, is because all these traditional banks, they invoice huge fees to the retail users. Well, at the end of the day, it is their bread and butter, at least in the short run. Thank you very much.